Good. I um, <clears throat> looked in the mirror this morning. I thought all I need to complete my outfit is a guitar and a quick rendition of Streets of London. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. So, um, the, John asked me to speak about four or five weeks ago, and as soon as he asked me, I knew exactly what I was going to speak on. Um, and then John then spoke about what I was going to speak on before you went away. And then Dave spoke on what I was going to speak on. And even Neil last week referred to it. Um, but it's all about hearing God. And I'm beginning to think that actually, if we've heard the same thing in different ways over the last four or five weeks, maybe God is wanting to help us uh, in a particular area. And it's all about said hearing God and hearing God for yourself. Uh, we can hear God corporately, but sometimes hearing God for yourself and the importance of getting God's word on a particular situation. And that's really what I want to do. I'm going to tell you a few stories, because I like telling stories, uh, and highlight a few things. And the, the first thing really we need to assume is that actually we can all hear God. Can, can we all hear God? Yeah? Everybody? Yeah? You know, it doesn't matter what really the condition of your heart is and whether you even know God, because God can speak to you before you even know it. And that always amazes me, because I'm thinking, oh, well, you know, Sometimes I think oh, we can hear God, but other people can't. But actually, I'm wrong. Anybody can hear God. And I, this was really brought home to me long before, or not long before. I was, I, was, I was in that process of thinking that God had his hand on me, but I didn't really know what that meant. And I'd gone off to a, 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 a meeting uh, of a church in Romford, and I'd come out of it thinking, well, you know, this being a Christian business, it's, it's all good fun, and I can see it, but <sighs> it's all good fun and everything, but I thought, well, the, the problem I've got is, the question I've got is, how would I, how would I live to God's standard? If I, if I chose to, to, to get into a relationship with God, how would I know what to do? Because in the past, I'd been a bit of a naughty boy, and done all sorts of things that I shouldn't have done, and I had lots of worldly attitudes, and I knew that the way that I was living didn't look like anything about how I should be living. And I said to God, I remember, I remember driving home from this meeting before I was a Christian, before I knew God, and saying, God, if you, if you want me to, to pursue this, then how am I going to know what to do? And the most bizarre thing happened. God told me to go and look at Psalm 86. And, and I, this was completely out of the blue. And I, I, think I went to Psalm 86, and I was, I was scanning through it. And I got down to verse 11, and it said, Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name, and I will give you thanks. And my eyes, like, you know those cartoons where your eyes pop out on like, springs? I suddenly went, that was for me. That was a verse right for me. And it was like God spoke to me even before I knew him to say, I will show you how I want you to be. And I thought, that's it. God spoke to me even before I knew him. I thought, well, that, that, just, that was just a, you know, the first sort of part of, of a journey coming to know uh, God in terms of to get forgiven and all that. And so I, just, I wanted to say that right from the beginning, we can all hear God. doesn't matter what state our heart is in. doesn't matter where we're at. We all have that potential to hear from God. And that's really good. Yes? Yes, it is. Good. Amen, said somebody. Yes. Well, 
The other thing as well is that we can hear God at any time. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter whether, whether you're in the shower or, or in the middle of the night or... Um, it doesn't matter where you are or what, what you're doing, you can hear God at any time. And I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in just doing our thing that we, we're, we're a bit focused. And when God speaks, we, we go, oh, what was that? Oh, and just carry on. And we, sometimes we're not sensitive to hear what God wants to say in, in particular situations. So really, sort of the, 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 the two things to start with is that actually God does want to talk to you. And secondly, he wants to talk to you all the time. And we've just got to sort of sometimes adjust the way we are to hear what God wants to say to us. So I was thinking, well, why, why is it so important that we actually hear God? Now, obviously, we want to please God. We want to, we want to do what God wants us to do. But more so, I think we need, to, we need to know what we're doing is right. We need to know that the things that we're doing for us is the right thing. And or... We're in a particular situation and God tells us to do something and we get this sort of like a confirmation of what it is. Now, I was, I was thinking about this and who remembers um, Jodie's testimony from last, was it last week or the week before? About there's Patrick in hospital and everybody, you know, it's all, it's all panicked. They don't know what to do. The doctors are saying this and, and Avril was there and all of a sudden, and all of a sudden she heard from God. And the first thing she said was, I was at peace. And that's what God does. When you, you get this word from God you get a peace. Yeah, it doesn't matter what's going on around you, you suddenly know what is the right thing to do. And I think at that point she dragged Avril off and they went off outside and prayed and, and did whatever. But Jerry says she was at peace. And I think that's one of the key things, is that when you, when you get a word from God, you're at peace. There's something that happens inside that just goes, yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter what the situation is, it doesn't matter um, how bizarre or, or, or bonkers it looks, if God says, then there's a peace. Some of you will, will know that back in the 90s, I spent a number of years working in Mozambique. And um, at the time, it was an interesting place to be. The Civil War was on, and there were bullets and bombs and stuff like that. And um, I was working out, we were, doing, we were doing some stuff at the Lifeline base, and... Um, Basically, the, the, the state of the country was... The rebels sort of controlled the countryside and the, the government sort of had all the cities and stuff like that. And one of the pastors we worked with came to me and he said, one of my, uh, the, the, my home village has been attacked by the rebels and they've taken all the cooking equipment. So there's about 300 families with no cooking equipment. Now, that's a bit of a difficult situation if you've got nothing to cook, you've got no pots, pans or whatever... The rebels had taken the whole lot so that they could use them for themselves. And so this pastor said, said, I feel that I really need to go and visit and take as many pots and pans as I can to replenish the village. And there I was, I was in in Mozambique, I had $50, 50 US dollars, all I had left to my name. And I felt God say to me, give me $50. I'm going, no, 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 I'm in a fourth world country, I'm in miles from anywhere, I need... No, no, give me your $50. And there was a little bit of a discussion with God, but, <laughs> as there sometimes could be, but in the end, I felt it was right, and I said to this guy, look, here's $50, I think God wants you to use this, um, you know, when you go up to the village to, to replenish all the cooking stuff. And he went, I mean, $50 went a long way, bought lots of 
pots and pans and stuff like that. And he, he took a whole truck full of stuff out to the bush and whatever. But that left me with nothing. That didn't, I didn't even have money to, to, to get a bus out of the country or to, to do what any, you know, I didn't have anything. And it was one of those situations where I really had to learn to trust God again. I, I keep going through this sort of thing of learning how to trust God. Um, but at the, the same day that I'd given this money away, I didn't know, but somebody back in England anonymous, anonymously had put £1,000 into my account. But I didn't know it. I just had to do what God was asking me to do. And that it, sometimes I think what happens is God asks us to do something, but we don't know what the big picture is. We just have to do our little bit. And, and as we do our thing, then God orchestrates other things to happen to make his plan to come together. And I think that's really exciting. And which is why I, I, I come back to the point of encouraging you to say, okay, God, what is it you want me to do? And, you know, even if it looks bonkers, like giving away all your money in the middle of a fourth world country, God can deal with it. So I think sometimes we've just got to get into that habit of going, okay, what are we going to do? Oh, where are we? Other, so that's, that's, that's sort of God speaking direct. And I think other times, um, one of the things I'm having to learn, I keep having to learn, because um, I'm a bit slow sometimes with some of these things, is I, I go through a process and God shows me something and he demonstrates his power and his love and I, I think, yeah, I've got that. And then a few years down the line, I'm back at that place thinking, now, what am I doing here again? Because I've sort of suddenly, everyone's nodding at me. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, we know that. Um, but it's that whole thing of, of coming back to that point of, of knowing and, and getting that faith again and, and stuff like that. One of the things that, um, that I, I keep coming back to is that actually God's put me in a place with lots of quite wise people. And sometimes for me to hear God, I need to be hearing what other people are saying. So it's getting their wisdom on different situations and... Um, you know, for me, that has to start with me actually being in a place of wanting to hear what they have to say rather than going to them with my, my plan of what I'm going to do. Because sometimes that's not always the best way for me to have decided what God's going to agree with, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And this was, there was a, there's a, a little story, and I've, I have checked it out with my wife, I'm allowed to tell this story, um, of... And I think, funny enough, when I was, talk- I was thinking about this, the, my, my friend Grant, I thought he sprang to mind. Because back in the days before I was married, I thought I knew how women worked. <laughs> I don't know why I thought of Grant, but, <laughs> but you know, he and I, we were, we were Essex boys, and, you know, we, we just knew, you know, we knew how to treat women proper, you know. <laughs> and... Um, I'd, I'd, I, was, I was going out with Deb at the time, and um, we'd all gone away to, I think we'd all gone away, uh, there's a group that's gone to Yorkshire, I think, I don't know who was, I can't remember who was with us, but um, John and Dawn were there, and there was a few others, and I remember it was one of the, we were on one of these sort of rambling walks that we used to get taken on, and um, we were going through this big field, and it, it was a river, and there was daffodils, and Dawn kept saying there was a tea shop around the next bend, which there, <laughs> there never was, um, and um, I said, said to John, I said, look, 
here's the problem. I'm, you know, I'm going out with Deb, and one day she's, she's like this, and the next day she's like this, and the next day she's like this, and she's all, like, all over the place. And, and I'm thinking, you know, in my, in my worldly wisdom, you know, the way you treat girls is, you, you know, you keep them guessing a bit. You don't, you don't let them know what's going on. You keep them, you know, you just, you know, take them along a bit, you know, that sort of stuff. That's right, isn't it, Grant? That's how we do it. Yeah. Um, and so this is, you know, I was applying some of my, my, my earthly wisdom to this situation. And I was, I was talking to John, and, and I said, look, this is, this is the situation. I said, it's, you know, I'm not quite sure where I'm at. And John said, well, what are your intentions? <laughs> oh. He said, do you, are you going to marry her? I said, yeah, yeah, I think I will. So he said, well, then tell her. What? Tell her? No, no, you have to keep them guessing. No, he said, just, just tell her. So I said, okay, right. He said, look, this is what to say. He took, John gave me a few worldly, worldly words to say. And so I remember even within like sort of 10 minutes, I think we'd, we'd drop, I'd drop back and I was then walking along with Deb and we'd drop back a bit further. And I said, there's something I need to tell you, Deb. I said, um, my plan is I'm going to marry you. But, but, but I'm not asking you yet. <laughs> but do you know what? It absolutely worked. <laughs> from, the, from that point on, our relationship was as steady as anything. Until the night I was going to propose, and then she got wind of it, and I think... That, but... After that, it was, and I thought to myself, that was completely against what I would say was, was the right thing to do. But, you know, the Bible says, Proverbs, Proverbs 3, 5, says, don't lean on your own understanding. You know, don't just go with what you know. Ask God, but also sometimes ask other people, some, ask the guys that look out for you. Get their wisdom on situations. And, well, you know, here we are. It worked. Um, I did get romantic after that, I can going to show you, but... But, um, so, yeah. So sometimes I think we can hear God if we are open to hear what people say, people that, that look out for us. We can go to them and, and genuinely say, look, I, do, I don't know what to do. Give us your wisdom. What do you think? They're not hearing God on our behalf, but they are bringing some godly wisdom. Um, but you still need to know it's the right thing. You know, there's no excuses for blaming other people. Oh, they said I should do this. But that's a, that's a different subject. Um, last, two weeks ago, when, when Dave was speaking, um, he started off with that dramatic story about being, going down a footpath in Durham with no lights and his, his, the battery on his torch wore out and he didn't know which way to go. And, and I was thinking about this, and it's like, you know, sometimes... Um, God doesn't show us what's the, the next, he doesn't show us long way ahead. He just shows us the next part where we need to place our feet. And in Isaiah, Isaiah 30, verse 21, it, it, it says this. If I can find it. It says, your ears will hear a word behind you. Your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way, walk in it, whether you turn to the left or to the right. And I thought, that's a strange thing. 
your ears will hear a word behind you. So if, you, if the voice is behind you, it means that you are already going somewhere. And the voice will guide you from behind, not from in front. Like so often we think, oh, it'd be much easier if you just showed me where it is. But actually, the word is, as you are walking and you're turning to the left or to the right, the voice behind you will say, yeah, this is the right way, or this is the right way. So for me, the hearing thing indicates that we're actually already moving. We're already doing what God wants us to do. So there's none of this sitting back and waiting, well, I'm going to do whatever God wants me to do when he tells me where to go, and I'm going to sit here and wait for it. No, it's we are out doing, and God then shows us, as we, as we are moving and doing what God's given us to do, this is the right thing, this is the next thing. So it's, it's sometimes just a different way of looking, or a different way of thinking of how God shows us and how God speaks to us. Turned over too many pages. So, we know that God wants to talk to us. We know that he can talk to us wherever we are. That he, um, he can use other people around us to guide us and to, to give us wisdom. And that he will, as we are doing stuff, he will steer us as we are moving. I was thinking also about some of the things that, uh, some of the little traps that we fall into. Because we're, we're funny folk, aren't we? We... We get into a way of doing things and think, oh, this is the way that we always do things. Because we like a routine. We like to do things the same way. And there are, there are plenty of cases in the Old Testament where, where people, leaders, thought they knew how God was going to do something. And then they, because God did it the, the way before, so this time, oh, well, obviously God's going to do it the same way as he did it last time. And they stepped out and they got themselves in trouble because they tried to presume how God was going to do things. And I think we have to learn that actually God can do things different ways every time. God's, God's so creative in the way that he wants to help us and provide for us and, and guide us and show us that we have to be wide open to hear different suggestions. Um, I'd been in Mozambique for about six months, and I'd, I'd come back home for about six weeks, and... I needed to raise some support so that I could go back out there. And I needed, uh, I think it was about 100 pounds, or about, it was about 80 or 90 pounds a month, um, just really to, you know, to pay for sort of food and lodgings. And I felt quite clear that, that I wasn't to ask people for support, but I was to wait, and God was going was gonna to provide for me um, for this support. The problem is, I got into this way of thinking. I'm thinking, well, you know, hundred. Let's say there's hundred pounds a month. That's that's only ten pounds a month per person. So I started thinking, oh, now who's good for ten pounds a month? I'm sorry, and I would look around. And I think, oh yeah, I reckon you could do ten pounds a month. Oh, I reckon you could do ten pounds. And I would, I would, I was in the meeting. I would look around, thinking, oh, right, who could do me for ten pounds? And I'd got it into my way of thinking that actually my support was going to come through these lots of different people providing £10 a month. The problem is I was flying back on, a, I was supposed to be flying back on a Monday night and I'd got to the Sunday before and not one person had offered any support. So I was getting to thinking, well, actually, if, if it doesn't happen, then I'm, I'm going to be a bit stuck. And I've got all these people that I've lined up to support me and they haven't done it. So come on, come on, God, hurry up. And 
we went, I went out for lunch that Sunday um, <clears throat> to, a, to a friend's house. And while we're sitting there over dinner, the parents of this, this friend said to me, oh, yeah, just by the way, um, me and my wife, we've decided we'd like to support you for £100 a month. And it was one of those situations, immediately they said that, God went, na 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 <laughs> Or words to that effect. <laughs> of basically, don't, don't limit me to what, to what you think needs to happen, but actually allow me to do whatever I want to do. And, um, and in fact, I think it was even more than 100, because I remember I said something like, I, mean, I, only, I only need 80, and they said, well, the rest is beer money. <laughs> That's good for your theology. So, uh, <laughs> but it was that whole thing of, of just basically not limiting God for his provision or for, to, to try and work out how he's going to do things. And I think sometimes we do get into this way of thinking, well, God did it that way last time, so he's going to do it this way this time. But if we are tuned into God and we are, we are listening to God, we can, we can expect him to do things in different ways. We can expect him to... Per, whether to provide or to guide or to, to, to whatever it is, we can look out on a, on, a, on, a, on a God who is so creative to do things any which way he wants. So don't, don't, be, don't limit God. Don't think, oh, I need to, you know, you know we can, whatever, try and work God out. Um, the, other, the other sort of pitfall, the other thing we can get into sometimes is thinking that... Um, that we need God to basically tell us three times at least before we do anything. Yeah? So we can be sitting there thinking, you know, and you know, I've heard people say, well, unless three camels go past my house at midnight, I'm not going to do that. You know, or you get into that way of thinking where you, you really want God to show you something, but, and you, then you lay out all these fleeces. You know, well... If God wants to do that, then you, he will do this for me. And then, then he will do this. And then, and actually, when you read about the use of the fleece, um, I was going to say Jason of the Argonauts. No, it was, um, that was the golden fleece, wasn't it? It was, the, uh, it was uh, Gideon. And John talked about this when John spoke about hearing God. And the fleece was only there to confirm what Gideon was already going to do. Not, to, not as a directional thing to tell him to go and do something, but to confirm and I think sometimes we get confused. Actually, we decide, this is what I'm going to go and do. This is, so you've already decided in your heart, not asking God to do this so that you can decide. It's the other way around. You've decided you're going to do it, and God confirms it with, with things. So sitting waiting for God to move you on, I don't find that in the Bible. Because, you know, we need to be hearing God and doing it's one, one of these phrases that I came across in the Bible, which said, Jesus often said, but you know, I can't find it where Jesus said it. Jesus often said, wise are those who hear and do. I'm sure it says it in there, but I can't find it. I think it's one of those quoted phrases somewhere like in Acts that's, that says, and Jesus often said. But Jesus often said, wise are those who hear and do. So there's that expectation that we hear and we do. We don't sit around waiting for confirmation after confirmation. Another little pitfall sometimes can be that our heart and our emotions get involved. Oh, I've been there. I haven't checked this one out with Deb, so I don't know if I can tell the story. But long before Deb was on the scene, 
almost every girl that I went out with, I'm sure, was from God. Because, you know, oh, this is the one. It wasn't. But sometimes, you know, when you get your emotions involved in those sorts of things, it's very difficult to hear what God has to say. Um, and then, you know, the, the, I suppose almost the knock-on thing is once you get your... Once you get your desires involved, your heart's involved, and it's all your emotions are all tangled up, sometimes I've heard people play the trump card. God said. Dave alluded to it last two weeks ago. You know, the problem... That, I'm, I really believe that God does tell us to do stuff, but when you announce that God has said, it, it's basically, well, okay, we can't touch that. No one's going to say anything different because they don't want to contradict if God has said it. So we have to be a little bit careful, I think, sometimes when we, when we, when we say things like that because it, it puts you in a bit of a corner, really. And once you've said it, then I even, I even know someone who God told them who to marry. Mm, didn't last long. They did, they did marry them for two years. But it's one of those things. Is sometimes you, your emotions get so involved, you think that's God. So you have to be a bit guarded. On, on that sort of stuff. This is when talking to people that are around you and, and reading what the Bible says and all that other stuff comes into play because it can show us you can get really good wisdom from people that look out for us. So, God, obviously God talks to us through the Bible. We can, we can hear what God wants us to do just through reading the Bible. And it's amazing how you can, uh, you can read a passage and read a passage, and then you read a passage, and it's exactly the same passage that you've always read, but it means something completely different. You know, we always refer to that, uh, I think it's Psalm 37.4, which talks about God giving us the desires of our heart. And you can read that, God's going to give me the desires of my heart. God's going to give me the desires. God's going to give me the desires. The desires, not the heart. And it, it's, it's where your emphasis is. <laughs> I'll work that one out. If you put your emphasis in the, in the wrong place, then it can be the wrong verse. But God just illuminates things. And it's not just that, but every, all different verses. You can read them, and then all of a sudden read them in a different way, and God goes, there you go. And it's, and it's amazing. So we can hear God. God speaks through using his word. But obviously, um, I've already talked about you can hear God through other people. I think here's a... Here's a revelation for you. This is one you can have for free. The best way to hear God is to actually to want to hear God. You can have that one for free. The best way to hear God is to actually to want to hear God. And therefore, that means being prepared to hear the words no, or not yet, or let's deal with something else first. Because these are all answers that you may get from God uh, on, on different situations. When I'd been in Mozambique and come back and been around, been married, but I knew that God wanted us to go back. And um, I think it was probably five, six years. And we would go to John and say, John, is it time that we go back to Mozambique? Yeah, this is with Deb and I. And John would go, no, I don't feel it's the right time yet. Okay. So we just carried on doing what we were doing. And then six months later, is it the time? No, not yet, no. And then we would, we would just talk and we would just, you know, it doesn't feel quite right. It's not quite the right timing yet. 
And then after, I don't know, was it six years or seven years? Four years, isn't it? It felt longer than that. <laughs> oh, it's because I wanted to go and you didn't. That was right. And we, so uh, we had to get to that point of Deb wanting to go as well. But all of a sudden, John went, yeah, I think it could be the time soon. And at that point, there was this rising faith in me, but also something that happened in Deb because God then spoke to Deb and showed how, uh, what Deb was going to do out there and also what we were going to do together as a team. So there was this whole thing of getting the right time. But up until then, it had been, not yet, not yet, not yet. But we were prepared to hear that rather than trying to connive or do what we want to do to, to make things happen. So I think sometimes the best way to hear God is actually to be in a place of wanting to hear actually what God has to say, rather than, you know, changing that around. Um, I think as well, I mean, as I've already said, we're in, a, we're in a church where people look out for each other, we care about each other, we've got the best interests of each other at heart. And therefore, I, sometimes I get a little bit amazed at when people decide they're going to go off and do these big things without having talked to anybody. Because I'm thinking, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's God. But actually, there could be some wisdom to be gained from people around us. So, you know, don't just head off and do what you want to do, but actually talk to your group leaders. Talk to, you know, whoever it is that look out for you, because I think that's, there's some real benefit in all of that. As a group, corporately, I think we're very good at hearing God. You know, we have the prayer meetings and stuff like that, and we, we, we know what God wants for us. And we can corporately, we can, together, we are really good. But I think really today, it's about hearing God for yourself. It's, it's saying, yeah, I want to hear God on whatever it is that you want to hear God on. We have, we have the ability to access God's throne. We have the minds of Christ, it tells us. We can have a transformed mind. We can have a different way of thinking. All these different things of being able to hear God and get his wisdom, get his guidance on, on different things. And I think we need to be in that place of saying, okay, God, what do you want to say today? Where should we go today? What should we do today? Where should we, what was that? Who was that? Was that Microsoft? Where should we go today? Yeah. Where do you want to go today? Yeah. Yeah, God's bigger than Microsoft. So is Apple, aren't they, at the moment as well? Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> the, the funny thing is, is that um, most times God is more concerned about how you are than what you do. So it's no surprise then that when God talks to you, it's about how you are rather than what you're doing. And quite often, God will change you before he changes the situation. Yeah, God's good like that. But it can be a bit painful. One of my, one of my roles in Mozambique was to, was to be the cook. Yeah, I used, to do, I used to have to cook for eight, nine, ten people every night. And um, I used to you know, quite enjoy it. We had quite limited, uh, limited stuff at the market. We, you know, we, we could do this and just a few other dishes and stuff. And it was really good. But some of you that know me know that I have... Um, uh, I, I have I have opinions on certain types of people, and God provided one of those for me to uh, 
to, to learn on um, when he sent um, a husband and wife, and the wife was a vegetarian. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> and the thing was, was that um, there I was, I, we had a limited amount of what we could do, and I was having to do the extra by having to cook a vegetarian meal every night for her. And, yeah, I used, to, I used to grumble a little. I used to... But, excuse me. I used to find it difficult that, you know, there we were, we're all working hard, we're all doing our different things. We've got, you know, there was doctors, there was nurses, there was, there was people doing all sorts of stuff out in the community. And I had to come home and cook the dinner and then an extra one for a vegetarian. And it used to bug me, and it, it went on for weeks. And 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 then I, I mean, it literally was weeks. And then I, at one point, I was I was in the middle of doing this and having my little grumble to God. And God said, "I want you to love her, serve her, and prefer her to your own opinion." Uh, oh. And when God says things like that, you sort of sit up and take notice, and it's like, oh, okay. And from that point on, something changed, and I found that preparing the vegetarian dish was actually, it was fun, it was a challenge, and I actually really enjoyed it to the point of trying to come up with new creative things for her every day and, and doing my best to, to get her sorted. And this went on, and it was like, for, for weeks and weeks, it was a, God, God changed me completely changed how I was. And then one day she said, do you know, God showed me that me being a vegetarian was out of a rebellious attitude and I'm going to not be a vegetarian anymore. <laughs> well, I, I, nearly, I nearly choked on my aubergine tartlets. <laughs> do you know, but the, the, the whole thing was that God had to deal with me and my attitude, and wanted to deal with me on my attitude before he changed the situation. And time and time again, God does that, because that's how he is. He wants, to, he wants to highlight something in us and say, actually, this isn't quite as it should be. This reaction, this attitude, this, yeah, whatever the situation is, yeah, you may be right, you may be wrong, doesn't really matter. But the way you react to it, the way you deal with it, is not okay. So, actually, let's deal with that first. So, as we, as we say to God, okay, yeah, I want to hear from you, be prepared for God to say, yeah, good, so let's have a little chat about this then. Yeah? Because I think that's what God wants to do. He wants to talk to us about how we are, as well as what we do. So you can expect God to do that. I'm going to conclude. Are you... Are you wanting to hear God this morning? Whatever he may have to say to you? Because that's always a good place to start. If you want to hear God, well, what do you want to hear God for? What do you wanna, is, it, is it something going on? Is it work, college, whatever? Is it a situation? Is it a relationship? What, what, what do you want to get God's wisdom on? We can all hear God for ourselves. We can all get God's wisdom. We can all say to God, okay, God, show me... What you want me to, how you want me to be. And I think we should just say, okay, well, let's see what God wants to say. We can expect God to talk to us. We know that he wants to. We know that every one of us have got a fibre optic 
connection to God. None of this dial-up stuff, but it's fiber optic. It's, he could download stuff straight away to you. You know, you haven't got to wait and, and you know, well, I can only talk to God when we pray or whatever. No, God can talk whenever. So, what should we do? Should we ask people? Do you want to hear from God? Yeah. Phil. Yeah. Sounds like a good idea. So I think what we'll do then (laughs) is um, if we have a little bit of worship, Dave, if that's all right, and I think just be asking God, what is it you want to say to me? All right? And I think you can actually hear God for yourself, and I think you could be expecting to leave here with a whole new something from God. Just be asking God and be expecting to hear what he wants to hear. Hear what he wants to say, even. Some, some things that really stood out to me from what Martin shared was um, sensitivity. <coughs> sensitivity to hearing what God's saying. That sense of peace when he tells us something and we know it's the right thing to do. His sense of provision place of openness to hear and not limiting God to our thinking and letting go of that emotional baggage, um, almost those areas where you've sealed something off and you've said, I know this is the, right, this is the way I'm going to do it. Um, and therefore we seal part of our heart from God and it's difficult for, for him to really share what his intentions are because we're not hearing it. And um, I just really feel that what we should do at this time in order to hear God is to focus on him. And as we come back into this time of worship, I want us to focus on who he is and his greatness and how amazing he is. And um, there's a psalm which is quite interesting. It's um, Psalm 95. And it, it starts off saying, Come and let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving thanksgiving and extol him with music and song and then later on it actually says today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts as you did in Meribah and it was just quite interesting because there's this flow of this whole psalm is about you know thanksgiving coming to that place of worship really recognizing who God is and then it says and when God speaks don't harden your hearts and I just feel there's something for us um to do it that way around, really. Um, and I think what we'll do, we'll have a time of response at the end where we can come into praying and people can come up to the front and, and leaders can stand with you and pray for things. i just really like us to lift his name together and to really focus in on him. And guys, in the last couple of weeks, there's been moments when, you know, we've been singing together and we've sort of drifted from the words that have been up there and people have started to sort of sing out things that are just, you know, expressions of their heart to God and it's a little bit weird and you might sing out of tune but I just want us to be open to that because you know what there's songs inside of us there's things in in us that that we can just release to God you know we we mutter we murmur before God and by his spirit we can communicate to him it doesn't really matter so let's stand together let's really lift up his name